0: Hello and welcome again to another episode of the Josh and JD Show. This is JD from Twitter uh, at mgojdblue, along with Josh Ogdale here.
1: Yo, what's up, JD?
0: What's up, man? How's oh. the
1: how's the five and and0 vibes feeling?
0: Feeling it's feeling great. I mean, we're almost halfway through the season, and Michigan looks pretty much like flawless right now, in my opinion. I mean, anything. Like we've been saying last few weeks, any th- knock that we have on them is really like a nitpick, so it feels really good. Yeah,
1: man, five games, five teams held under under 10 points, you know, and um, I guess the stat of the week, I'm going to tell you um, that we've given up the least amount of points through five games since uh, – or the least amount of points per game, I should say, through five games since the 97 team. So do with that information what you will.
0: I mean, yeah, I saw people saying today on Twitter, like, like this is the most wide open college football has been. I think it was Big Game Boomer. He said something like, "Everyone's hopping on Michigan's bandwagon right now because they look so dominant, and this is like the most wide open it's been. So this is like the year to
1: do it." You know, it it really is. And um, we you know, the one thing we can't really do is just get complacent. You know, we gotta keep doing what we've been doing. We gotta keep stepping on the throats of teams that were way better than. What national championship caliber teams do is they make bad teams look bad. And that's what Michigan's been doing.
0: Uh, yeah, they really have, have had like a, I don't know, people would say like Bowling Green or whatever is a scare, but I don't oh, really. really think it was because, yeah, it's like those guys were on the staff there, like a bunch of former Michigan guys anyway. So they were mm-hmm. fired up to win the big house. They had their team fired up. So that first half was just like a weird, I don't know, night game vibe and all that. It I'm was not weird. Worried about that.
1: Yeah, it was weird, but again, no worries about that. Especially the way they've rebounded since. And yeah, uh, I'd say Saturday uh, ne- last week at Nebraska was probably Michigan's best start to finish performance of the season, especially in the road opener.
0: Yeah, it went like from the very first drive, like all the way to the end of the game. It was just pure domination. I wasn't even worried about it at all. And you and I watched that game together at. Um, we watched it at Big E's together. Heck was, yeah,
1: Big E's, if you yeah. live in the GR area, there's a few <laughs> around, it's a, it's a great place to watch a game, so yeah. shout out Big E's, you're getting some free advertising to <laughs> our listeners, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: we. I
0: remember we got there, and we were like, we weren't nervous, but it was kind of like, before the game, we were just kind of ready, excited to watch, yep. and then I remember just like seeing the Michigan's first drive, and I was like, okay, I can relax, Like this game yeah. is going
1: to be a cakewalk. And, you know, I think that's something that Michigan has done this year compared to the rest of the national championship contenders in college football. They've done so well against their, like, cupcake games that they haven't even really given the other teams a chance, made it look like, you know, given, like, the other team any sort of hope that they can pull out a win, you know. Georgia had, had a scare against South Carolina and Auburn, you know. Washington had a scare against Arizona last week, you know, and they've been looking dominant. So, you know, Florida State had the scare against Boston College, so, you know, there's I think that's something that Michigan's done really well this season is just not giving the the opposition really any hope from the start of the game.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree with that. Like they just completely dominate the entire game, all three phases of the game too, not just like on one side of the ball or anything. It's complete domination everywhere on the field. And I don't know, I just I just think like Michigan's whole offense looks so much better than it has even the past two Big Ten championship seasons. It just looks like like they can do like anything they want to me, especially when Roman Wilson is playing the way he is, and catching Dude. the kind of passes he's catching. I mean, I don't know how Dude, you stop oh us. Right.
1: That 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 catch he had, that first touchdown of the game. I think that's the best. I think that's the best catch I can remember since like. Well, Mikey had a pretty awesome one against Maryland in 2021. And I remember Darbo's um, one hander in 2015. Darbo in 2015. Those are the two that that. Um, come up, come to me off the top of my head but that might be one of the catches of the year not just for michigan but for all of college football yeah and i remember in
0: 2021 uh roman had one like that on the road
1: against oh Wisconsin. yeah i remember i know exactly what you're talking about yeah he's always had that like And it doesn't seem like it, but I feel like he has always had that like one-on-one go up and grab it catch ability. And it's just kind of an underrated part of this game because everyone looks at his speed, his route running, you know, his strong hands. But his ability to go up and just grab a ball one-on-one is pretty, pretty good.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think people just kind of think he can't do it because he is a little shorter. He's not like Marvin Harrison Jr. He's like this really big, tall guy or anything, but he really can get jump balls. I think that's something that people forget about him. Just because yeah, of the way he looks when he plays, it just—I don't know—you wouldn't look at him and think like, "Oh, he's a right. jump ball guy."
1: Yeah, and, I, and I've tweeted this before. I thought I feel like he reminds me of a lot of um, Monroe St. Brown on the Lions. I just feel like they have very similar play styles, you know, out of the slot, um, speedy, great route runners, and they just never drop the ball. Drop the ball. So, so that's kind of what I see in Roman Wilson, and I think he's um really shooting up draft boards this year.
0: Yeah, I'd say that's a really fair comparison. Like, Roman's going to be really good in the NFL. You can tell. He's he's just kind of – he's got it. I don't know. And then with the number one jersey this year and everything, I think it's motivating him
1: even more. He is repping that number well, man. Yeah.
0: And I think, like, if Marvin Harrison had the same number of touchdowns that Roman Wilson had, he'd be like all oh, the Heisman talk right now. But, like, just for some reason, Roman just doesn't get the national attention. I don't know why. He but really hey, is, You can keep sleeping on him, I guess.
1: He really is flying under the radar for how awesome he's been this year. And I know, like the amount of yards he has isn't doesn't like pop off the stat sheet, but like eight touchdowns leading the country and receiving touchdowns. That that's not something that should be looked over, you know.
0: Yeah, and and he's got like three hundred and thirty something receiving yards, so it's not like he's doing that bad.
1: <laughs> and um, he's on. I don't know if he's quite on record watch. I think he's on pace though. Um, Desmond Howard's record is 19 and he's already got 8 through yeah. 5
0: games. So, yeah, he there's it... a chance that they play like 15, 14 games.
1: Yeah, so if he catches two more like next game, that'll be 10 through 6 games and he'll be well on pace. So,
0: yeah, we could have a JJ McCarthy touchdown pass record and Roman Wilson um Receiving touchdowns record in the with same a majority
1: year. of JJ's touchdowns going to, because um, <laughs> I remember, I think the stat is, um, Elvis Gerbeck threw 24 pat- touchdown passes and Dez caught 19 of them, which is, <laughs> I didn't just, know of that, of course, you know, that's Michigan football for you. But speaking of wide receivers, I think Michigan low key does fly under the radar when it comes to receiver production in the NFL. Nico Collins is top five in the NFL right now in receiving yards.
0: Yeah, he's cooking right now. I feel like I know Ohio State fans want to take credit for making him look good. But I tweeted out earlier this week, like, Michigan fans have always known Nico's elite. He just needed to, like, get a chance. And I think he's getting his chance now. And I think he's also making C.J. Stroud look even better than he really is.
1: Yeah. But maybe and I'm then, biased. Maybe a little bit. I'm not. I think C.J. Stroud is finally breaking the Ohio State quarterback curse. I always kind of thought he would. Yeah, just from watching him play, he's got those NFL traits, and it's also what's I think the funniest thing is: is their best NFL guy is going to be the what is the guy that, that never beat Michigan, which is just hilarious. To me.
0: <laughs> and the guy that needs a Michigan receiver to catch his passes.
1: <laughs> so honestly, that's a, we hate each other as Michigan and Ohio State fans, but hey, it's kind of like the the meme where the guys are holding up the, play, <laughs> you know, with Nico with the. <laughs> CJ Stroud and Nico Collins connection, so it's it's kind of cool to see.
0: Yeah, we're coming together over it. We'll I mean, all become Texans Texans fans in a minute, but mm-hmm. it's good to see. I I know Michigan's receivers though are like they're sneaky good. Like Cornelius Johnson, people just forget about him all the time, but he can explode like we saw against Ohio State. Like he's got at any moment.
1: He's one of those just like big, tall threats, you know. And I think his. I think people think he's a lot slower than he is, and mm-hmm. we saw that again when he uh, broke Cam Martinez's ankles last year in 2022. So yeah, Corn's kind of sneaky. He hasn't, um, he has been flying around under the radar because of how good Roman's been this season. But he's not. It's not like he's doing bad. He's performing.
0: Yeah, he's really good, and I like the the freshmen they have, like Fred Moore, Samaj Morgan. I love that they've been Carmelo trying to Bush. get those
1: guys involved. Yeah. You know, that that touchdown Samaj had against Rutgers was another awesome catch, which is probably gonna be overshadowed by how awesome Romans was. But
0: <laughs> Yeah, and then like Darius Clemens came back this week. I really liked what we saw. Today. He had a couple catches, a couple. yeah.
1: Which was nice. Um I think they'll slowly work him into the offense. I think DC's breakout year is truly gonna be next year.
0: Yeah, that's a fair take. I mean, there's gonna be pretty much nobody else in front of him at that point. Yeah. So I think that might be his year to shine, yeah. along with Tyler Morris. I think those two will be the guys. Tyler next Morris year. has had
1: a. I think those will be the two main guys next year, along with Samaj Morgan. So I think you're gonna start to, to see um a new wide receiver room shine next year for Michigan.
0: But I mean, it's hard to. I still don't get the people that think JJ isn't good. He can't throw the D Like all these throws he was making on Saturday against Nebraska were like ridiculous. The only no, one I, that he really had missed was just because the wind like, took the ball yeah. that he threw.
1: Yeah, and it's weird because it doesn't seem like he only threw for 160 yards, but I guess he only threw the ball 16 times. <laughs> he yeah. had 12, and then he completed 12 of those. I think my favorite throw of his, and I think that it was his best throw of the season so far was um right before halftime where he's rolling out full speed to his left and kind of just like throws a dart to Roman Wilson, who's wide open in the back of the end zone off his back foot. I think that was off his back foot. But whatever it was, while he was moving, that was one of the best throws I've just seen him make. So that's NFL stuff right there.
0: Yeah, he is like 1,000% NFL talent. And honestly, I was thinking about it. And like, he hasn't even played like in the fourth quarter yet this year, has he?
1: Oh, uh, Rutgers, I think he did.
0: Did he? Okay. I was Rutgers, say he played. Not, not a whole
1: lot, but yeah, Rutgers, yeah. he played. Because remember they had that like seven-minute drives that just led the clock down. At the oh, yeah. I think he was out there for that whole drive, if I remember correctly. Correct me if I'm wrong, people who are listening, but I believe he was out there. So I think well, that's the anyway. only time he's played in the fourth quarter this year, though.
0: Right, and, like, if he would have played in the fourth quarter and all these other games, his stats would probably be, like, off the charts, but he just doesn't have to. So, like, I think that is kind of why he doesn't get a lot of yards, just because they... Yeah. By the time, like... It's halftime. They really don't need him anymore. It's crazy,
1: and that's why I like to use stats like QBR and passer rating, yards per attempt, completion percent, because it shows he is an efficient quarterback. He just doesn't have the totals because a) where we run first offense and b) he hasn't had to play the whole game yet this year. So, yeah, that's why
0: I always hate the stat, the yards comparison and stuff when comparing quarterbacks, because it really isn't like a true measure. Like, I don't know, there could be like some guy that plays in this offense that. Like Caleb Williams, all they do is throw the ball. Well, of course he's going to put up big numbers, but and his defense gives up a lot of points, so he has to stay on the field all the time. Whereas like right. JJ, he has to come out of the game, and he might only have like like we said, 160 yards, and then his his day's over. But it doesn't mean he's a bad quarterback.
1: I mean, that was 160 yards was only on 16 passes. passes. He averaged 10 yards an attempt, which is extremely efficient. <laughs> you know. Yep. And um. I believe he might not quite be top ten. No, he's 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 not quite top ten in yards per attempt, but he is first in the Big Ten. So he's averaging ten point two yards per attempt this season, which is another one of my the stats I like to use a lot because it shows efficiency. So
0: yeah, and like the big knock on him too is like he can't throw the deep ball; he doesn't throw down the field. Da da da. Well, he has the most yards per attempt, so.
1: And a lot I mean I mean, yeah, we have thrown a ton of deep balls, but also he's what I noticed is he's like ability at those like ten to twenty five yard throws, you know, those like mid level throws, he's so good at those. he always finds the right guy, you know, he's always throwing darts, you know, right in the numbers and um it's it's a very underrated trait, I think, in a quarterback that is something he's extremely good at.
0: Yeah, and I think we're just watching his game like go to another level this year. Like with the run game too. Like some of these, I think they're just like read option plays that he kind of pulls and takes on himself, and it's really helping out like the whole offense because he's been picking up big yardage when he does pull the ball and run. And he then has. He now has. all these to diff- diff- worry about him running. So then when he hands it off, like we saw it with Mullings, he handed it to him. He's gone touchdown. Like he's opening up everything for the offense.
1: Yeah, and JJ has been very effective on the ground. Uh he he had a very nice run uh for Michigan's third touchdown where it's just the space was wide open and he just took off. And um yep. on the ground this year he has been pretty effective. Uh sixteen attempts, hundred and sixteen yards. So he's averaging seven yards carry on the ground. That includes I don't think he's taken too many sacks. He took a couple at Bowling Green, I believe, and maybe one at Rutgers. I don't really remember. But mm-hmm. He's done a very good job. Um yeah, I don't think department. he's taken
0: many sacks. I know one thing I want to say though is the run game looks really improved this year or this past weekend I mean mm-hmm. against the number 1 rush defense in the country at the time allegedly it was. But um and I think a lot of that has to do with Ladarius Le- Le- Henderson playing a tackle. I mean, it seems to make a huge difference. Darius, I know did let JJ take like a couple the... shots, but
1: yeah, but he, it was after he got the throw off, and you know, sometimes that's just Joe's J.J.'s toughness, too, I think. He likes mm-hmm. to stand in that pocket as long as he can to get a throw off. But, yeah, Michigan did run the ball very well against a stout Nebraska-run defense. Uh, 250 rushing yards at five yards in attempt. So so every, everyone was eaten, too. You know, our leading rusher was a Blake for 74, so yeah, can't play was, too much.
0: It was spread out evenly and it was really good to see them kind of pick that up because they're definitely going to need to do that more as the season goes on, especially against you know
1: Ohio State. We're really going to need to have
0: the run game for that game.
1: It 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 really um, honestly always matters. Whoever leads that game in rushing yards almost always wins it. So.
0: Mm-hmm. And shout out to the defense as well. I mean. They're just lights out. We even saw Kenneth Grant get an interception off the back the on
1: their like second offensive play. <laughs> he drops back. Um I think it was McGregor had the tip. McGregor had a great game. Yeah. I believe he had a sack too. And um he had the tip on the he's been pretty good at tipping those passes because huh? I remember he almost had a pick six against Ohio State last year. He almost had a couple, um, yeah. He has to, yeah. I think it was more than one. But yeah. McGregor had a great game. Kenneth Grant got himself a pick. Josiah Stort. Co defensive player of the week. I know he yeah. he had some hype going in, and I think he was working his way in as a transfer. And he had, he really showed out last Saturday.
0: Yeah, shout out to Stewart for sure for winning that award. That's a big deal. He had a great game. And McGregor, like you were saying, he he gets all these tip passes all the time. Like in Ohio against Ohio State, he really almost had like two pick sixes. And he just reminds me of Hutch, like the way he gets all over the ball like that. It's kind of crazy for like a, an edge player to. Tip passes all the time like that and stuff.
1: Yeah, I, you have to love it out of the defense. Um, they did get. I think they got burned on a couple. I think if I had one bit, one very nitpicky concern about the defense, they do t- t- tend to get burned on a couple big plays these last two games. But yeah, it is what it is, man. They they don't do that that often.
0: It seems like it's always right, like right when they put in the second string guys, they get like cooked on one play, and then after that, they're back to being locked down again. Yep. I think one of these weeks, though, we're going to get a shutout. Who knows? It it might be this It might be.
1: Honestly, Minnesota's bad, man. Yeah. They're not good. They lost to Northwestern I needed the whole game to get ahead of Louisiana. It was not a bad group of five team, but it's still a group of five team that Minnesota should be expected to win by a good amount. So.
0: Yeah, I think it could be this, uh, this offensive that Minnesota has is, like, I've only watched him play a couple games, but when I watched, it was atrocious. So, they really just don't have the run game they used to have in Minnesota. They without lost Mo Ibrahim,
1: they lost, they lost and you can tell. Yeah, you can really tell.
0: And, like, I think P.J. Flex kind of just – I think he's just kind of thinking, like, what do I have to do? Like, I don't know. He's been there for he's... seven years now maybe, and it just
1: seems like – He's they had really, some good teams, you know. He had the year he started; I think it was nine and zero. Oh yeah. Um, and he got Minnesota. I think Minnesota was all the way up to like six or seven in the country after they beat Penn State that year in twenty nineteen. Then they lost a couple at the end. There didn't even make it to Indy. <laughs> and then outside of that, they just haven't. They just kind of like your yearly like seven and five, eight and fourteen, you know. But this seems like one of the worst, worst teams and pj flex career
0: yeah, the whole big 10 west is a complete dumpster fire right now so i'm really not worried i'm just excited though um you know have a trophy game this weekend play for the jug gotta keep the jug in ann arbor for a few more he kept years the
1: jug there since brady hope lost it so <laughs>
0: <laughs> i can't believe he lost it man
1: He did lose it he sent shane morris out there with a concussion. <laughs>
0: That was so bad.
1: That was like the that was like one of the rock bottom losses of the of Michigan football right there. That
0: right. was that was like when we all knew it was rock. That's bottom.
1: when I think that was when we knew Brady Hoke was done. Yeah, it was that loss right there.
0: But and even like 2015, that next season with Harbaugh, they really could have lost that game so easily, but Minnesota just forgot that like the clock. They had
1: timeouts and running the <laughs> clock and had a timeout in their back pocket, and we were we got a little lucky that game. I won't lie, but. We escaped with a win.
0: Well, we deserved it too after what happened to us the week before that. Oh, yeah, that was the week after that. trouble
1: with the snap, the biggest fluke yeah. play of all. Literally, I don't care what anyone says, it's the biggest fluke play in probably the history of college football.
0: Like... It is.
1: I'll never forget that game. Just. In like... I'm just kinda of going off here. It doesn't really matter anymore, but like Sparty fans are like, well, we outgained you and we should have won that game. Well but in reality Michigan had more points with ten seconds left. They put themselves in the position to win the game. I believe the play before we got the ball I think the possession before I think it was Jordan Lewis that made a play.
0: And Stribbling too made a play. Yeah. To get they the ball back. Did.
1: Yeah. And um in reality Michigan put themselves in the position in that game to win that game and um fluke happens drops the ball, and MSU gets lucky. That's, that's, well, yeah, that's the reality of what happened.
0: Like you said, it was like, I don't know, eight or nine years ago now, but, like, if you remember, if we're just going to keep talking about this, um, the game, like, like Michigan was, he had they had the field flipped on MSU, and Michigan State, like, had to get more yards because they were starting Michigan, off. With, I remember
1: Michigan was killing the field position. That yeah, yeah.
0: So we had like in that same game,
1: Blake O'Neill had like an 80-yard punt to pin at the one-yard line.
0: (laughs) No, before that drop, he had like one of the best games we've ever seen from a punter. Like he was going off.
1: So Michigan had to get that. That's
0: why they outgained us in yards so bad is because we didn't really have to go the whole length of the field a lot. We were playing with a shorter field.
1: That's a that's a really good point, JD. That's a really good point.
0: Yep. So I think Michigan really they were the better team that year and like. Michigan That 2015 Michigan State team was so lucky. They were the worst college football playoff team ever. And I know people want to say TCU was last year, but that is not true. Michigan State in 2015 that was TCU the luckiest. Team,
1: team is easily beating that MSU team. What the easily. hell are people talking about when they say that? They just ran into a, a juggernaut that is the Georgia Bulldogs of the past two years.
0: <laughs> yeah, anybody would have gotten wrecked like that probably. I mean, maybe not that bad, but...
1: Uh, Michigan wouldn't have lost that bad, no. I don't think. I think... That was just an instance of Michigan just playing not up to their standard and TCU have playing very well. But yeah. that doesn't matter anymore because we're getting a playoff one this year. I'm call- I'll am call i call my shot, and I don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm with you on that. We're going to get back there. I-, I just don't see this team losing any games right now.
1: I just don't. And like I said – other teams like Georgia finally looks like it's come down to earth a little bit, you know. Florida State has been good, but they had some scares, you know, they went to overtime with Clinton, they almost lost to Boston College. Um, who else is up there? Washington is I think one of, uh, one of the most more comparable teams, but they didn't play well against Arizona. Um, USC's defense is bad. They're so bad. They're USC. just so terrible defense is just not good. Uh, who else is up there? Ohio State of course, which Ohio State, you know. They're good and I'm not going to hate on them for being a top 10 team on the roll, but I definitely think they definitely looked beatable that game. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we learned a lot about Ohio State. All jokes aside about the toughness stuff, like they really just don't look tough. I think I think Ryan Day just kind of panicked cuz he watched like Notre Dame run the ball down their throats again in the second half, and I think he just kind of realized, like, I think he might have just had, like, flashbacks, you know, to the Michigan game and thought, like, I sure. better, like, figure this out before the end of the year because, like, we look the same.
1: I will say, I think if there's a team that you could say is better than Michigan right now, it's the Texas Longhorns. Um, They, they look good. They look really good. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched much of them, but... Well, so they had a great win, see. and, you know, Kansas isn't really a joke anymore, and they beat them by... Mm-hmm. 24, you know, they obviously beat Alabama on the road and uh, they play Oklahoma this week. So if Oklahoma, if they go out and blow Oklahoma out again, because Oklahoma is not as bad as they were last year, I think um, they should be number one. I'll, I'll be honest about that.
0: I mean, that they, they might be that that is fair. And uh, something interesting about that game is that we're going to see the Andrew Anthony versus Xavier Worthy matchup. I mean, they're not defending each other or anything, but they'll be playing against each other.
1: Two former Michigan commits. (laughs) Two former Michigan signees, I should say. Yeah, I mean, Anthony played with them for two years. (laughs) And Anthony played there for two years, and Xavier Worthy was signed. Yeah. Who knows what the real reason was, if it was Gaddis being Gaddis, or if it was (laughs) admissions, but... I guess we'll never know, but I we'll never really, really wish know. Really. We had
0: Worthy, man. Honestly, imagine Worthy with JJ on this in this oh, offense man. right now with Blake and Donovan.
1: Worthy on this team would take this team like over the top, another level. Like, and I'm not, I'm not, I, I love the wide receivers we have now, Xavier but Xavier Worthy's really good. I just can't, like, all the time when I think about the transfer portal and
0: stuff, I just always have like all these negative thoughts because all these bad things have happened to us as Michigan fans lately. Like, we lost Worthy in the transfer process. We lost Caleb Love. We lost Terrence Shannon in basketball. Like, it just seems like this stuff always happens to us in football and basketball with these transfers. And I'm just waiting for guys. Or, like, I know Worthy wasn't, like, a guy that was trying to transfer in.
1: But, like, we still – it's like admissions. I don't know. It's been rough, man, with both. I think there's another admissions issue with the basketball program. That you remember that um Lee, I forget, Aaliyah, that guy we got. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He might be having issues with admissions because I don't know if it's just the admissions thinking they're above everyone else or what, but it's really getting old. Because yeah, and I, I would heard, be feeling a lot more confident about this basketball team this year if we still had Caleb Love.
0: And I heard that like with football, they even gave. I think it was Miles Hinton had issues or yeah, they, like
1: so many of his. Tri- tri- credits didn't transfer yeah it's like when you went to stanford yeah sorry so, michigan you're not and you're not and i didn't go there so i don't really talk about academics but like you're not on level of stanford dude yeah it's, you can accept tra- you can accept credits from stanford
0: <laughs> i just wish they would relax a little bit on that stuff i mean don't like i like you said i'm not a michigan grad or anything so i really don't have much room to talk but it's still like I get it. You want to keep your, like, prestigious reputation. But you don't need to, like, I don't know. Are these guys really going to hurt your school, like, if you let a couple in to help your team? If anything, they'll help you because they'll help your teams win and give you more exposure.
1: And, believe it or not, football is probably the number one revenue source for the University of Michigan. Yep. Yeah. That's probably one of the top ones, too. I mean, yeah.
0: Michigan basketball. I I don't mean to get like way off topic here, but like this is something I want to say. Like people think Michigan bas- like Michigan isn't a basketball school at all. They are like they had are. the Fab Five. They they are a basketball school too. Like they deserve to have good things with basketball.
1: We should expect good things. Michigan, like the Fab Five, one of the if not the most iconic groups of players in the history of college basketball. They literally changed the culture of college basketball. The documentary is awesome.
0: Yeah, they, they did. That, like, that documentary was so good, and
1: I rewatched it like once a year, probably.
0: There's been so many great players to come from the program, and like, they're a really storied program at basketball. It's I don't like know a why. good
1: like top twenty, top twenty five program ever. You know? Yep,
0: I would agree. Like, so I don't get why people think like, I guess maybe they're not a blue blood. But they're pretty close to it, if you ask me.
1: As good as a kid
0: as they can be for not being a blue blood. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, just, I don't know. I'm just frustrated with the admission stuff, man. Because, like, when I watch games like this, I'm like, like, why don't we have this guy? Like, how can all these other schools be okay with it? But why not Michigan?
1: It just frustrates me. It is frustrating, man. I'm with you there.
0: But whatever. It is what it is. We... We can't complain too much. We have a really good team right now. Everything's just, everything's gonna be fine. It's just a little pet peeve of mine, I guess. And I
1: think um, transfers are gonna be a big thing for this team next year. Yeah, because we're we're gonna be losing some talent. And um, as badly as I want Jaden Davis to start as a true freshman, um, I don't think he will. And I think Michigan goes out and grabs a transfer to start it because I'm I'm assuming JJ McCarthy will be leaving and
0: going to the draft. Yeah, i just have year. to assume he's going. Like, I don't know. If he keeps this up all year, and if he does beat, like, Ohio State again and has a good game against them, I mean, like, dude, you got to go. I, I, I'd i love it if he came back, but, like, just be smart and go. <laughs> That's how I feel about it with him. But
1: um, I oh, was kind well, of thinking, in.
0: to Davis, he might just have to sit out a year, like you said. I don't know. Who knows?
1: He's going to be good, and but... he's been balling, and I think he's a baller. And I think he's like the perfect Michigan quarterback um, from what I've watched. he It's just throwing a true freshman into the fire, especially with this tough schedule next year that just came out today. Yeah, That might be a tough situation to put him in.
0: And I was thinking about it today. Like if JJ – like I hope this never happens. But if he does for some reason go down this year, I don't know. I kind of think I like what we see from Tuttle so far.
1: Tuttle and
0: – I feel like they could survive with him as quarterback, like just being a game manager, and they could probably do some damage still with him.
1: Tuddles looks solid. Uh, Jaden denegal had a nice little drive, yeah, last week too. Um, he used to had a nice little touchdown drive. He's big. He's a big boy, six five. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, maybe yeah, maybe they will just use one of their guys that they have on the team currently this year. But I know, um, if I could throw out some names, Riley Leonard's an option. Uh, Cam Rising does have a COVID year yet. People have been telling me that he doesn't have a year of eligibility, so maybe I'm wrong. But I believe Cam rising has a COVID year. And if we could get Cam rising, that's just keep the train rolling, you know. But I had to yeah. get quarterback for next year. There's also Riley Leonard. Um Grayson McCall is someone who is at Coastal Carolina who's been there for a while is pretty good. So you know there's there's options. There's there's options for Michigan at quarterback next year.
0: Yeah, it's just going to be a really tough year, like you said, with that schedule. Breaking in a new quarterback with that schedule is going to be – it's like baptism with by fire. Like, I don't know. I really don't have super high expectations for next season. I don't expect them to be, like, garbage, but they're going to lose some games, I think. I think they will. Just because
1: they're losing so much. You know, it'll be maybe not a rebuilding year per se, but a retooling year where you are working some things out, working some kinks out to really kind of build up for the 2025 season.
0: Yeah, I think under, like, if it was a normal season, like this year or last year's schedule, even, like, 2021, I think Michigan would actually do a lot of damage. But this schedule is ridiculous. It's, I don't know, it's a gauntlet. And if you're going to break in, like, a freshman quarterback or, like, Tuttle or I Warren, will, like, it's going to be tough.
1: One thing I will say is um, Jaden Davis is early enrolling, So, you know, if he's there all spring and he goes out, you never know. Yeah, you never know. The fact that he's early enrolling is huge.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping that um, the weather is nice for the spring game this coming year. Yeah, I definitely we did to go last
1: year. The yeah. uh, weather was just bad, and we'll probably see if Jaden Davis is enrolling early. We'll probably see a little bit of him at the spring game next year.
0: Yeah, that's something I'm really interested in—is seeing how he how he looks in the spring and what we hear about him, but. Anyway, moving to the schedule, though, that you were talking about, I know you're on board with the conference expansion. And to, a point,
1: to a point, I know we kind of disagree here, and I you're, the points you make are very completely valid. So if you want to just go ahead.
0: Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I just, I just love the traditions of college football the way they've always been and the conference. I just think, like, the Big Ten should just be like the Midwest. I was not a fan ever of adding Maryland and Rutgers and – I think it's pretty obvious that they just don't belong in this conference anyway. They get destroyed and everything except Maryland kind of holds their own in basketball and Rutgers is coming around. But for the most part, they really don't bring anything other than like the TV market. And that's what frustrates me because that's all that seems to matter anymore to anybody is the TV deals, money. Like, I don't know. It used to be like the conferences would just like look out for their schools and their conference and, their fans, and now it just doesn't seem like any of that matters anymore. The the true, like, diehard fans of the traditions and pageantry of college football are just kind of getting screwed, and they're catering everything to the casual fan. And I don't know. I liked the way it used to be, like, where Michigan and, like, the other Big Ten teams, like, whoever won the Big Ten championship would go play the Pac-12 champion. I'm with you there.
1: I, I am and... I, I, 100% with you there, you know, and yeah. that's why I've always been anti- playoff expansion, you know, because I, li- I don't like how the, now all the bowl games are just going to be in the playoffs, you know, and I always like, like, you know, the two-team natty system, but, like, I also like with the expansion, you know, you are playing some new teams, you know, I like seeing some fresh teams in the conference. I like playing big, more big games and less big games, so that's what I like about it, and that's why I said earlier today, I like the expanded conferences. I don't like the expanded playoff. Imagine all these big time matchups, but with the two team daddy systems, though, you know, and how you you're playing more big games, and you'll not you know, now you'll really know who true, truly the two best teams are because of how loaded every team's schedule will be. But you make great points, you know. I do. I am more. I am. I would consider myself a traditionalist, but with the, yeah, um, I mean. you know, the how the bowls work, you know all that stuff but I just kind of like seeing I just like seeing you know playing new teams you know it's just fun to me yeah I
0: get what you're saying but maybe I'm just too stuck in the past or something I don't know I know there's a lot of other people that think the way I do too but oh yeah
1: absolutely and I think
0: go ahead well I just like personally I get more joy out of watching like Michigan Minnesota play for a trophy that's been played for for 100 years or like I know Penn State wasn't, like, an original Big Ten team, but in my lifetime, they've always been in the Big Ten. So, that just feels right to me to play them every year. The local, like, regional rivalries just mean more to me. Like, I don't know any USC fans or anything. I don't know. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, if we win, great. That's a big win. But, like, Yeah,
1: no, I don't that's, know. A, that's a completely just, fair point, man. I, I just mean, really I, like the Big it.
0: Ten camarader- camaraderie and, like, all the traditions, all the age-old rivals, like. I want to get a chance to play those guys every year. I like, like I always like playing. I hate Wisconsin, but I like playing them every year. You know what I mean for the bragging. Yeah, and like we Iowa. actually don't.
1: We don't go to Wisconsin until 2028. Yeah, which is crazy. I think we play. We might play them at home next year, but after that, we don't play them until 2028. So, yeah, you're 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 completely fair in saying that, my guy. Like, yeah. Um, and, and I and think like, my attitude ahead. is just as a just a diehard college football fan. Nothing I can do to change it, so I'm going to try to embrace it the best I can, but I, can yeah, I mean, understand what you're can... saying.
0: Right, there's nothing we can do to change it, but I don't know. Just thinking about watching them play like UCLA, it just bugs me. It's like, bah, I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me personally. Like these, I don't know. I'd rather see those matchups like in the non-conference or a bowl game or something. Then it would be like really exciting because they're both – it's like a bigger game than it seems like to me than just a regular, all these games are just going to get watered down. These matchups will get watered down. It'll end up being like the NFL is what I fear. And
1: I don't know. And that's why I've always said this stupid 12 team playoff. I don't like it. That's yeah. where, I, that's where that's one thing I a hundred percent agree with you on is the expanded playoff, the BCS and maybe people beat Michigan was bad during the BCS era but like vcs was the best era of football in our lifetime and I, I and um i know it was a flawed computer system and that could always get fixed but it would be fun man to have you know you lose two games and you're done i want that back
0: yeah the the way we grew up with college football in, like the 2000s was amazing like the way the conferences were the rivalries the the BCS system, it was just so much fun. I I always loved it. And I mean, the 14 playoff was decent. Um, I don't hate it. I don't really hate it. It's just hate it. With the expanded playoff, also with the new conferences, I just hate all everything about it because there's inevitably, inevitably going to be like three lost teams that get in and have a chance. I just hate that. I liked when the regular season was like, every game really meant like everything. Like, you'd have to be worried about getting upset or like, I don't know, even the big games, if you lost it, like you were done unless you had like, if it was like in the early part of the season, you could maybe recover from that. But now that's what always made college football great to me is just how exciting every single game was every single week. Everything meant something. And now it just seems like it's kind of, it's like, I don't know. It's all just being thrown away just because we want to have like new matchups or like the TV deals and, I just don't like you
1: have a chance at the playoff, which I just you lose two games. You shouldn't be able to compete for a natty. I you agree. only play 12 games in college football, man. Yep. You only get 12 regular season games. And like the thing that, that your conference me... championship game and take the two best teams and have them play the natty. Simple. Yep. yep.
0: Yeah, I just and something that bothers me too is like Washington State and like Oregon State. Those fans like care about their teams. Like there's And they're getting screwed because they have nowhere to go. And And they've been good teams this year. Yeah, Washington
1: State's number thirteen, Oregon State's number fifteen. Yep, they're genuinely
0: good teams this year. They
1: don't have a home next year right now, and that sucks because
0: their fan bases are some of the best fan bases in college sports, and they don't really deserve this. They didn't ask for this. They don't even want this. None of us really want this. It's all just being forced on us, and I just hate it. I hate everything about the NIL stuff too, like. I just wish things would go back to how they were, but like you said, the toothpaste is like out of the tube. It is what it is. This is the way it is. We just have to get used to it. I think I'm still in the grieving stage of it because I'm just going to really miss the way it used to be. No, It'll just never be the same.
1: I get it. You make some great points there, dude.
0: Yeah. But anyway, I mean, Michigan's scheduled next year. Good luck, what man. I think they're going to need gauntlet. to change that Texas game. I just don't know how you do it. I don't think they can
1: do it though. It's, it's a set in stone. I don't think they have enough time. They well, have enough time to that's set in stone. You know, so yeah, they got. And you know, the first game Fresno State. Fresno State's five and all ranked in the top twenty-five and looks like they're headed to play in a New Year's Six bowl. So that's yeah. not going to be an easy game either. Yeah, it's I think a that's gauntlet. the first game. I think that's the first game next year.
0: It's one of those early games, for sure. If I, think it's, I think
1: it goes Fresno, Texas, Arkansas State. So, yeah. Yeah, Fresno's a good team. We got a good coach. And so, yeah, that's six teams on our schedule next year. Half of our schedule next year is teams that are currently ranked in the top 25. Pretty still, yeah.
0: Man. Yeah, Texas, Ohio State. Um, is it Oregon?
1: Oregon, Washington, Washington. USC. I mean, Washington
0: Fresno. won't have Pennix anymore, so that's –
1: a lot of those – Texas won't have yours. USC won't have Caleb Williams. Washington won't have Penix.
0: But Texas will have Manning, Oregon, right?
1: Oregon – yeah, they'll have Arch Manning, but he will be a freshman. Yeah. Or not a freshman. He'll have his second career start at the big house. Yeah. So, and then, um yeah, Oregon won't have Bo Nicks, So.
0: Right. So that makes it a little better. But, oh, man, that's going to be really tough. Not a big fan of um, it. but
1: It's going to be tough. I'm looking forward to it. You know, I'm considering getting season tickets next year because that's going to be some fun environments.
0: I will say, though, if I was a Michigan State fan right now, the way things are looking with these expanded conferences and your coaching situation, I'd be very worried. You're not getting
1: Urban Meyer, guys. (laughs) Stop it. It's not happening. Quit trying to talk yourselves into it. Even after they reported that he had no interest, they still kept talking themselves into it. I'm like, guys. Why would he go coach at a school at Michigan State? Like, not trying to hate over hate on you guys, but like, it's just not the type of program Urban Meyer would coach at currently.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at this situation. Like, what the heck are you guys thinking right now? Like, considering what he's done in the past, what got him fired from his last job, what makes you think, like, yes, this is the guy and he would love to be a part of this? Like, this is a disaster. I
1: understand. For everyone, you want to win football games. He's one of the best coaches to ever coach college football i completely understand but like it's just guys it's not happening <laughs> this is like I, i'll if if i'm wrong i'll eat my words but like i just
0: well i don't no think it even makes anyone yeah it doesn't make sense from anyone like anyone on any side of this thing like michigan state like they just fired mel tucker for a morality thing or whatever and Now they're gonna bring in Urban Meyer after doing that. Like, what does that say? That doesn't send any message of like you care about morals. And then I don't Mm -hmm. know. Like, why would Urban Meyer look at this mess? Like, the do they even have a school president right now?
1: And like, they're it's so crazy. You know, they have um. You know, I I don't know if they do. They still have issues on their board of regents. I don't even know anymore.
0: I don't even know. Everything seems to be like in turmoil and like. Who knows who's going to be on this roster next year? Like they might transfer out. There's going to I be a lot of transfers. I highly doubt that Urban Meyer is looking at this right now and thinking this is something I need to get involved in. Like, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't know why this fan base is so delusional. Like, they're thinking they're going to get Marcus Freeman, Urban Meyer. Like, I even like, see guys, them you saying, aren't
1: even getting Mike Elko or Chris Kleiman. Like, it's just yeah. I
0: even saw somebody say um, Josh Leipold from Tennessee. Like,
1: I don't know what that's. best-case scenario is probably Leipold or Kleiman or Elko. Those are probably your best-case scenario hires. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just – I don't I think
0: Leipold would be a great
1: hire for them, honestly. Leipold would be an awesome hire for them. He's good. He's a good coach. Yeah. What he's done to Kansas – you know, the fact that he made a bowl game with that Kansas program is – that tells you something.
0: Yeah, so Michigan State fans need to just realize what this the this job is not like a top job. They're just
1: not. And that's if something that's you know, twenty to twenty five range. Yeah, but it's not like it's a top ten job. Yeah, yeah but yeah, you guys got money. You got facilities. Do you have the ability to get talent? Do you have being the number one school in your state? Do you have you know, are you going to be able to retain a lot of the talent at that school? You know, it's just, there's too many iffy factors that just aren't, don't make that job appeal, appealing right now.
0: Yeah, you just have to, they live in, in this such like this huge delusion that they're like a top 10 job just because they won like a Cotton Bowl in 2014 and they went to the playoffs and got smoked in 2015. Then now they think they're like this elite job. Like guys, it's been like a decade and, there's nothing good going for you right now. What makes you think like urban Meyer wants to be there. Any of these top guys, nobody wants to. And until they like realize like who they are, they're not going to make the right hire because they'll just end up with another Mel Tucker situation where they think they have this hot commodity coach and they overpay them again.
1: The most important hire in that program's history, because if you make the wrong hire with these new big time programs coming in, you're turning into a perennial six and six program. yeah it is what it is i'm i'm biased i know i don't like them but it's it's the truth
0: it is the truth like you this is like the biggest hire like you said ever for them like they have to get this one right and i think going out and hiring urban meyer would just be a massive mistake even if i don't think he's even interested remotely interested at all but just washed
1: yeah he's washed he he went into jacksonville and and went like two and twelve or something like that they were awful.
0: Yeah. yeah, when Urban Meyer has equal talent to everybody else and not superior talent, he isn't a good coach. Just straight up. I mean, Brady Hoke almost beat him a couple times. Harbaugh should true. have probably beaten him a couple times. Like Harbaugh
1: should have beat him in 2016.
0: And that was when he 2017 had too. Talent. 2017,
1: yeah. we were right there. <laughs> and that if was it, one of Harbaugh Harbaugh's worst teams.
0: Don Brown, I think Harbaugh would have beaten him multiple times. It's just that's just the way it went, unfolded that way. And it's something that always hang over our heads. We can't really say anything about it because he did. He straight-up dominated us. I'll admit it. But, I mean, I'm just not worried about him coming back. Like, if he was at Michigan State, I'm not the least bit scared of that.
1: He comes not back to Ohio all. State? That's a different story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if he was back at Ohio State, I'd be scared. But, like, we're talking about Michigan State. I don't care who's the coach there. Who's going to want to be part of this right now?
1: <laughs> we're talking about
0: Michigan State. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like you, like look at yourselves in the mirror guys your football facility is named after your basketball coach i know he donated money to it and everything but like come on you have nothing
1: oh man that was funny <laughs> we just kind of went on a rant there but i mean i don't think we said anything that wasn't right wrong
0: yeah we just went off but it's all it's all facts we might be right biased but
1: Anyways, games. um, we play Minnesota Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> what I just are we keep thinking, thinking about of, that game?
0: I just keep thinking of that, um, that Joe Biden Minnesota video. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it's. I'm gonna be honest. That game's gonna get ugly. I think it's gonna get ugly quick. I know, mean, it's at night. It might be a ruckus environment, but
0: it's gonna get it's, out of hand in the first half. It's not
1: the Minnesota with Tanner Morgan and Mo Ibrahim. It's a rebuilding Minnesota.
0: Yeah, they're going to get destroyed. I think Michigan is just a way better team, way more experienced team. I see no way we lose this game. Uh, I think Michigan dominates in all three phases of the game, just like they did with Nebraska.
1: Yeah, I Minnesota went out there and lost to Northwestern. And I know transit property doesn't really work in college football, but it lost to Northwestern, man.
0: Yeah, that's pretty bad.
1: You had uh, Northwestern
0: storming the field on you. That's how bad you are. Did
1: they storm the field?
0: Yeah, but there was only like 400 <laughs> people there, so it looks like nobody. <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't even have, know how to pronounce their quarterback's last name. Kelly. Oh, like a menace. Yeah. Um, he's five touchdowns, four interceptions, six in, six point two yards per attempt. He's not god awful. He's like a game manager. Um. Their running back is actually pretty solid. Uh Taylor. Yeah, I think I think their offensive line is just terrible. Darius <laughs> Taylor. He's averaging six yards a carry this year, so he's actually been pretty solid. So I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be Michigan's main guy they have to stop. And uh their defense is pretty mid. Uh
0: I think know. expect JJ to cook.
1: It's not a terrible defense. Well I knew they know they give up. I think they give up a lot of yards through the air. Yeah, expect J.J. to there. cook in this game. So Roman
0: Wilson.
1: Roman Wilson's going to – I think he's going to score a touchdown. Yeah, they let Ben Bryant throw for 400 yards on them, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think – J.J.'s going to cook
1: JJ J.J.'s going to have a big game. I think uh, Michigan's going to get that passing game established, and uh, it's going to be a fun game.
0: I have but, one question about the the Brown Jug. Um so, I think I remember, like, 2015 and 17, Michigan, like, took it on the field and ran around with it. Like, we saw Winovich with it and mm-hmm. stuff. But then in 2020, I feel like Michigan didn't even take it on the field. I don't know if that was a COVID thing. I wonder Arf- if that was
1: a COVID thing.
0: Or if Harbaugh's was trying to make it, like, a locker room trophy, like the, like Paul Bunyan used to be back in the day until D'Antonio took it on the field. I don't know. I was curious about that. I Do you think they'll the take question. it on the field?
1: I think they will. I, I think that was a COVID thing. Yeah, uh, was do you remember? And I hate to bring this up when we lost MSU in 2020. Were they running around with it on the field? Um, I think I was too pissed off that I had turned the game off before that. Honestly, happened. I didn't even watch. I think I was too pissed off. <laughs> I that's
0: know probably the,
1: one of the most embarrassing losses of my life.
0: <laughs> that was
1: embarrassing.
0: I was. So, I thought we were going. to Brown just,
1: if he literally would have just bracketed <laughs> Ricky White, we probably win that game.
0: Dude, I'm so glad <laughs> we destroyed Ricky White's team this year because he. He ruined that whole year for me.
1: And to be fair, that game did get Don Brown fired. So.
0: It did. But I think in 2021, Michigan State ran around with it when we were there. I was, We were watching. We
1: were trying, trying to get out hurt. as quick as we could.
0: Yeah, we stayed till the end, though. We wanted to be good fans, but ouch, that one hurt. That
1: one Until hurt. we beat that Ohio was, State. Yeah, a few weeks later, we were in attendance to watch that, and it healed yeah. all the wounds. I remember on the drive home we were like, man, this is gonna be the most depressing eleven and two season ever. <laughs> yeah, we're
0: gonna. We were like, we're gonna win every game but the two rivalry games. We were so we're sad. Finish
1: eleven and two, and it's gonna be depressing.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were gonna get cooked on Twitter the whole off season for that.
1: Well, hey, didn't matter. Beat Ohio State. Didn't happen. Yeah, won the more important one.
0: But I'd like to see them take the jug on the field because I just think it'd be cool to see like. I don't know, we've seen all the pictures of, like, Blake and Rod Moore, all these guys with Paul Bunyan, but it'd be really cool to have him get some pictures with a jug and just, like... I agree. I feel like it's something, like, as a Michigan player, you just have to have... Like, it, I know it's not, like, this fierce rivalry game or anything. It's just Minnesota, but, like, it's, it's part of Michigan
1: tradition. And it's, it's cool. A, it's, a like, historic, it's a historic yeah. trophy. It's the oldest trophy in all of college football. It's overall 100 years old. So, yeah, it means something.
0: Yeah, you got to celebrate it a little bit, I think, so... And we saw them do that with the Boston Bowl trophy. I know it's not an official rivalry trophy, but they brought that on the field.
1: Yeah. So, I guess let's wrap it up with some predictions.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say Michigan wins this game, 38 to seven.
1: I was pretty close to you. I'm saying 38 to three, Michigan. Wins
0: the game. Yeah, that sounds about right for offense. Defense, you never know. It just depends on if they give up another one of those busted plays, or I mean, because who knows?
1: Shut everything down. We'll see. Yep. Yeah. Thanks yep. for listening, guys.
0: Yeah. Thanks for listening. you want to uh, give a plug to your SeatGeek thing? Yep.
1: SeatGeek. You code U M F A N U M Fan. Twenty dollars off your first purchase. If you've already made an account, just make a new email, make a new account. It's worth it to get that twenty dollars. So. And, uh, you know, every time you guys use it, I get paid. I appreciate it if you guys have in the past. So, yeah, go blue, guys.
0: Yeah, go blue. Thanks for supporting the show. Um, We've been doing pretty good so far. Really excited about it. So, yeah, thanks a lot, you guys, for listening and supporting us. We really appreciate that. And also for supporting our Twitter pages. We appreciate that, too. So, um, yeah, thanks, guys. Great episode. And uh, looking forward to watching this game on Saturday and being with you guys next week.
1: And, yeah, go blue. Go Blue.